I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. <laughs> Didn't know anyone could willingly walk into this place. Not unless they were looking for trouble. Hey there friends, I'm Nuclear Yuki, and welcome, once again, to a nuclear reading show. Today, 
We're continuing on with Fallout Equestria by KCAT. And if it isn't too much of a bother, if you're enjoying what I'm doing out here in the cold, dark wasteland, don't be afraid to tell your friends about me. It's great help. And as always, since the gangs can be a bit feisty from time to time, Fallout was created by Bethesda, and My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, was created by Hasbro. With all that said and done, welcome, friends, to the wasteland. <laughs> Chapter 11. Factions. Gone. Everybody in Manhattan is just gone. I, I was talking with my best friend, Silverspoon, over terminal chat when the connection went dead. My, my best friend's dead. Only she's not laying dead somewhere. One minute she was talking to me, telling me about the concert she went to last night at Hoofbeats. And then she was just... Gone. Erased. They say that the ponies in a few ministry buildings might have survived, but that doesn't sound real. Shattered Hoof is more than two days' trot from Manhattan, and some of the guards said they could hear the mega spell go off. It was unnatural. Alien. Not like a real sound. A few of the guards ventured up to the highest ridge. They came back describing a huge pillar of perverted green fire with a strange rainbow sheen, wrapped with rings of black smoke lifting up into the clouds from just over the horizon where Manhattan is supposed to be. Now they're saying Cloudsdale was hit too, and that Equestria's own megaspells have already been cast back at the Zebras. Oh, oh no! Will the Zebras hit Ponyville? It's so small! They wouldn't, would they? I've, I've got to warn Mum and Dad... Maybe they can get into the stable at Sweet Apple Acres. Oh, please, oh, please, it's still got to be open. Last week, Silverspoon told me that Stable Tech was filing ponies into the stables around Manhattan, but that was only some sort of test run. Nothing ponies to panic about. It's not like they knew. Calamity returned from scouting ahead, signalling with his tail that the path was clear. Movement through Shattered Hoof was proving swifter than I felt we had any right to expect. Our progress was partially due to keeping our hoof prints as small as possible, no lining our saddlebags with items that could be missed. I made an exception with the contents of the lost and found safe, justifying the theft with the reminder that the safe had not been opened since before the mega spells, so no pony here would be suspicious if it was empty, so long as I closed and locked it again. But more than that, these ponies didn't seem to consider that the fortress could be infiltrated. They weren't on guard... I'm not a mistress of shadow, but I hardly needed the advanced tutelage from zebra infiltration tactics to slip past ponies who were being this oblivious. I'd skimmed through the book while Calamity was fetching the mattress cover. Calamity wasn't quite as good and had nearly tipped a shattered hoof raider off to his presence twice now, but we'd managed to hide each time. I figured once we got back to the train fort of Gord, I'd pass him zebra infiltration tactics to pursue himself. It's not as if books can only be read once, after all. The inside of Shattered Hoof proper was a cold, monotonous grey, much like maintenance in Stable 2, except here all the walls were cracked and chipped, the ceiling decayed, the light weak and uneven, cast from small lanterns that hung from railroad spikes chiselled into the walls. The darkening sky of clouds outside turned the high-set barred windows into dead eyes staring vacantly into the halls. Somewhere down the hall, 
a terribly sad song was playing over a radio. We were within the range of DJ Pwn3's broadcast again. The song pulled a melancholy chord in my heart. The singer, somehow managing to make the equestria before the war, seem as dreary and bleak as the wasteland itself. As I followed Calamity, I considered turning on one of the other entries from the audio diary just to drown it out, but I realised with its playing in only one ear, the two would likely mix into something even more depressing. Ponies on the expressway, with no features, with no faces. Ponies milling out about me, trudging off to nameless places. Waiting fools for their birthdays. Have a party. Please be happy. Growing up all too swiftly. Losing hopes of what they might be. Well, crap. I muttered dourly as I hugged a shadow behind a placard. Hard work is happy work. And stared across the open rows of desks to the well-lit room beyond. Inside... A pony, matching Gord's description of dead eyes, was sitting behind a desk, reading a book, applied gemstones. He was flanked by at least one guard pony that I could see, and others that I probably could not. The safe was directly behind him. There was no way to get it stealthily. Even if I used a stealth buck, he'd hear the safe opening less than a foot from his ears. Time for a backup plan, I whispered to Calamity. Got one? Calamity raised his eyebrows. Yeah! Load him up all into the caboose and kick it free. I winced as he reminded him how well his last plans have gone. Could be worse, he whispered with a smile. I am sure Velvet's plan would be to go up and ask him nicely. I closed my eyes. Damn it. We couldn't just sit here waiting for the bastard to move. The longer we hung around, the better the chance we would get caught. Okay, I said finally. We'll do that. Calamity's eyes went wide. I was joking, he hissed. Thankful to the hot mare statuette for returning some of my telekinetic magic, I levitated my sniper rifle and assault carbine to Calamity. Take these. Go back and hide in that side room with all the old flashlights, I instructed, recalling a room that looked like it hadn't been used for anything other than a few quickies in several months. I'll go up and say hello. And when they shoot you, then what's the plan? I'm winging this here. But if all else fails, I still have the stealth bug. That should get me out. If shooting starts, don't wait for me. Get safely back to Remedy. With an afterthought, please? Calamity scowled and moved off, muttering something under his breath about the wisdom of leaving winging it to non-Pegasus ponies. I stared up another audio log, listening while I gave Calamity time to position himself safely away. The voice of the same mare let through my ear bloom, sounding panicked. The communication web was down. I tried and tried to reach mum and dad, but it just couldn't get through. At first it seemed like the web was flooded, but my calls kept getting bounced. Then it just died completely. We can't reach any of the Ministry of Morale Hubs either. No pony was expecting the one in Manhattan to respond, but not even Cantalot. Could, could the zebras... They couldn't possibly have destroyed Cantalot. Could they? Wait, what happened to Princess Luna? Having heard of the Cantalot ruins, I knew the answer. I toggled to the next log. It's starting to rain outside. It was bright and sunny less than an hour ago. I think the Pegasus ponies are mourning Cloudsdale. Most of the guards are gone now. They've left me the codes to open the cells. 
Scoop said it was up to me. No pony else was going to risk setting our guests free, but why me? I, I'm not the one who's supposed to be in charge. If I don't, the ponies will starve to death in here. But if I do, some of them are really bad ponies. Some of them even confessed to helping the zebras at Chateauhoof Ridge when they tried to assassinate Princess Celestia. If I let them go, who knows what harm they might do? What's worse, letting them die here or inflicting them on a wounded, suffering equestria? No, no, no! I'm just an inspector. I'm not supposed to make these kinds of decisions. Mom? Dad? Silver Spoon? What should I do? I wasn't sure why I was listening to these logs now. Curiosity? Or maybe, in a way, I was paying my respects to the past by listening. By learning. Either way, it didn't matter. Time to go. How'd you get in here? Deadeyes scowled, staring down at me. I had three magical energy weapons pointed at my head. Although the big brutish pony to Deadeyes' left looked like he'd rather kill me with his teeth. I... Damn it, think. Watcher might call honesty a virtue, but sometimes the ability to lie your tail off is a virtue too. Use magic. I'm a unicorn after all. I felt a rush of relief. That had sounded plausible. Even I might have bought it if I didn't already know I sucked at spells. Better question is, why? Why? Why I came in here? No, why are fillies different than cults? The slate grey pony's voice dripped with sarcasm. What do you think? Stammering, I realised I should have thought my approach through a lot better. I... I wanted to. I glanced away, mentally searching for inspiration. My eyes fell on a framed news article, yellowed with age, which featured a faded picture of a pretty unicorn. Sweetie Belle performs patriotism concert at Shattered Hoof. My eyes snapped back to meet Deadeyes' own. To join your crew? You're all escaped slaves, right? Well, I just escaped from old Appaloosa. I realised just after I said it that I was wearing armoured stable barding and probably looked nothing like an escaped slave. Deadeyes was regarding me with deep and well-deserved suspicion. If they started shooting, I was probably dead. Small and fast as helpful against long-range gunfire, but not so much against point-blank shots from weapons that will melt you into a puddle. Worse, my heart sank when I realised that Calamity would almost certainly share my fate. From what I knew of my new friend... Running and hiding weren't in his normal book of tactics. No matter what I told him to do, I suspected he'd choose to join in the firefight. Tell you what, Philly. Deadeyes seemed to finally decide, fixing me with a glare. Let's see how you do with a couple of errands. Show yourself to be useful, and we'll chat again. I gulped. Well, at least he hadn't shot me yet. What do you need me to do? I have a letter that needs to be delivered. Not far, just a Yellow Hill Ridge. Maybe an hour's trot. I've got a map you can download to your pip buck. Deliver it, come right back, and we'll talk again. As he pushed the sealed envelope across his desk towards me, I wondered if it said something like, Kill the pony carrying this letter. Oh, and you'll need this leg band. It'll let Gordia know you're safe to pass through. Who? I asked as I slipped on the leg band, feigning ignorance. The bitch of a griffin who owns our welcoming committee. Honestly, she's more trouble than she's worth, but the boss seems to like her, so she stays for now. The boss? I thought you were the boss. Deadeyes clearly did not have the patience for questions that God did. Scramble. If she talks again, start pulling off her legs. The grin on the brute to Deadeyes' left widened eagerly. 
I left quickly and wordlessly. I hadn't gotten far before one of Deadeyes' guards came trotting out after me. He motioned for another, seemingly random, shattered hoof pony to flank me on the other side. Without words, it was clear they were making sure I found my way out. As we approached the small room where Calamity was hiding, I blurted out as loudly as I could without sounding suspicious. So, escorting ponies out, is that your official job? Are you the escorter-outer? Shut up, Deadeyes' guard said warningly, but the other replied easily. Actually, nah, I'm just a rock-breaker. I raised an eyebrow. A rock-breaker? So what's your story? He seemed amiable enough. Slavers assaulted my family homestead. My brother and I fought back while my wife tried to hide our foals. They killed my brother, took my lovely sugar plum and the foals and left me for dead. As he spoke, a cloud passed over his face. His eyes narrowed and a tone of sadness tinged with seething crept into each word. Crawled myself here for the protection. I'm not a raider. Don't do any of that shit. Just work the rocks and thank the goddesses that I'm not alone out in the wastes. I nodded solemnly. What else could I do? In the heavy quiet that followed, I could hear that radio playing in some nearby room. The music had stopped and DJ Pwn3 was reporting the news. Been warning every pony for some time now to steer clear of Appaloosa. Well, seems like the stable dweller either didn't get the message or chose to ignore it. I've gotten confirmed reports that that little gal marched into Appaloosa and brought hell on her hooves. Freed over a dozen slaves, many of them falls. I'm happy to report that they're safe and sound. But there's a bitter note to this song. When a small army of slavers tried to take their captives back, our heroine of the wasteland sacrificed herself, making sure every pony got away safe. So this next song goes out to you, stable dweller. May Celestia and Luna wrap you in their tails. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I stumbled, missing a step. My mind shocked by rapid realizations. The radio was talking about me. Again. The poor ponies I had helped to freedom had made it safely. I was dead. Well, according to the radio. Some pony must have assumed I'd died in the train crash. Either that or some pony who knew better had lied. I wanted to stop, go back and hear the rest of it. To kick or shout at the radio to somehow make it repeat everything from the beginning. Keep moving. Deadeyes' guard barked as I fell momentarily behind. I trotted faster to put myself back between them. Looking at the guard, I asked him this time. And what's your story? With a glare, 
I won my place in the annual stomp and annoying unicorn to death competition. Back to being quiet then. We were taking a slightly different, more direct path back to the yard than the one Calamity and I had used. The hall we were passing by now had several doorways opening onto a combination of amphitheatre and mess hall. There was an old stage in the back with tattered and befouled curtains, which I imagine Sweetie Belle, the mare who would become Stable 2's first overmare, performed on. The room was crowded haphazardly with tables and benches and several dozen raider ponies scarfing a pale stew, the odour of which was mixing unpleasantly with the stench of unbathed ponies and an underscent of dry rot. I kicked on the next log on my pit buck to distract me. I wasn't fast enough. I should have known better. No wonder the rest of the staff fled so quickly. I should have known that Shattertooth would go into lockdown as soon as the mainframe realised we were cut off from the outside. Assisted jailbreak prevention protocols. By the time I made my decision and released the guests from their cells, we were all already trapped inside. I know how the weaker ones will fare. I can only imagine what they'll do to me when they find a member of the staff got locked in with them. I took the food from the guardhouse fridge and locked myself into this bathroom. I locked several other doors too. With luck, they'll think it's normal for this door to be locked as well. Because if they really try to break it down, I'm sure they can. I've got maybe three days of food, plenty of water, a little bit of medicine. I only hope it'll last me long enough for them to find a way out of Shattered Hoof. My only chance is they'll leave before they realise I'm here. As we exited the yard, the guard turned on me, pushing me up against the wall. You want to know my story? He growled. I'll tell you. I was a merchant on a caravan that Gord's talons were supposed to be guarding. Saw them try to buck us over to the slavers. Saw her take them down. So how did I get here? She flew me in. Just like we all knew she flew you in. My ears tilted. I could feel the stone wall grinding onto my backside. I used to be one of the ponies out there, following Gord. You don't become a good merchant if you can't read changes in market. So I made my allegiances with dead eyes. The merchant turned guard and informed me, his voice rumbling with warning. Gord's heading for the chopping block, and trust me, you don't want to be standing on the wrong side when the axe comes down. The two turned from me, the other one chuckling. You go teleport out now. They left me in the rock yard, locking the door behind them. Looking around the yard, I realised that any structure designed to hold Pony's prisoner would have wards to prevent unicorns from just teleporting out. It was a rare magical ability, but one they would anticipate. I moved over to where the mattress cover had been thrown and hid myself, clicking another audio log as I waited for calamity. The voice was soft, nearly drowned out by the sounds of heated argument in the background. Out of food. I made what I had stretch, I think. There's no real way to tell time in here, but I think it's been a week, at least four days. After the food was gone, I raided the garbage can, some old apple cores. They were brown, mushy, and tasted horrid. The guests outside are doing much worse. There was less than two days' food in the pantry when we first went into lockdown. Now they're starving. I, I can hear them outside, arguing about who they're going to eat first. No, 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 they can't. It's beyond horrific. The pony's voice was cut short by a muffled scream. The chaos in the background heightened, and I could clearly make out a pony shouting, Carve her up! 
No, 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 please don't make me hear this, Celestia Luna, please, I can't hear this. Night hugged us as calamity carried me towards the Yellow Hill Ridge. Now, why are we helping this dead-ass fella again? Still, trying to get a chance that's safe for Gord. Remember Velvet? Yep, he said, dourly. We flew in silence a few more minutes before. Where's this place supposed to be again? I don't see a damn thing out here tonight. I had the location marked on my Pitbuck's auto map, but I hesitated to lift my leg and look. Shifting myself around while being carried by Pegasus seemed unwise. Instead, I brought up my eyes forward sparkle to check the compass. Nothing. Either I'd forgot to set the compass to keep track of Yellow Hill Ridge, or we were far off course. Dang, Nabbit, I overshot! Calamity banked, the cool night wind cutting through my coat and mane. The turn brought a number of flickering lights into view. Is that what you're looking for? Looks like a whole mess of campers to me. I checked my EFS, and now I could see the marker. It was pulsing at the very edge of my compass. No, we're still off course. It's back that way. Calamity didn't turn. Hold on and hush. I want to see what this is, then. He swooped a little lower, aiming to fly a pass above the lights. As we neared, I too could make out a mass of tents, cookpots and ponies. And as we drew closer, banners, red and black. A stylized white eye with a crimson iris dominating the centre. The ponies down there were armed, and there were a lot of them. I spotted two griffins among them, talon mercenaries by their armour but wearing neckbands of red and black with the distinctive eye. Clearly not Gord's talons. Different company. Towards the back of a camp, I spotted the rows of slaver wagons. Calamity beat his wings, grunting softly in pain as he pulled us higher into the darkness, hopefully before any of those below had taken a chance up. Well, ain't this a barrel of bad apples? Calamity, I whispered, not able to unhear that grunt. Your wing. I am fine. Hush now. We continued to fly. I was keeping a close eye on my EFS compass. Yellow Hill Ridge was a quarter mile back towards Shattered Hoof, with just enough hills between to have ensured that we wouldn't have spotted the camp had we come straight to it. This time, I spotted the tiny speck of the waiting courier's lantern. I suggested Calamity that we fly past and let me trot up alone, coming from the expected direction. Dead Eyes clopped his hooves together, reading me. I had mentioned nothing of the Red Eye Slaver Army. Good work, he said, finally. Go and get yourself some rest. You look like a griffin's play toy. Come back tomorrow and I'll have one more job for you. Do that and you're in. With that, he waved me off. This time, to my surprise, no pony jumped to escort me. I was only a few yards down the hall when Dead Eyes, accompanied by all his guards, simply walked out of his office, leaving the door open behind him. They turned, moving off in a different direction. I stopped. The safe was unguarded. This was almost too easy. No, it was definitely too easy. I activated the stealth buck. The safe was tricky, but within my range of skill. It popped open with a snap. The only thing inside was the ledger. I slipped the ledger into my saddlebag and was just snapping the safe shut when Deadeyes and his entourage returned, looking around. If it hadn't been for the spell, they would have seen me. Deadeyes began to trot around the back of the desk from the right, his brutish bodyguard circling from the left, trapping me. It didn't matter if they could see me. The slightest bump would let them know I was here. 
As they drew closer, I scrambled up onto the desk itself. The two other guards, one of them the ex-merchant, took their positions by the door. I turned on the desk, crouching and prepared to crawl down and out between them. One of them shut the door. Luna, fuck me with the moon. I turned slowly. Dead Eyes had stopped and was staring at his safe. Think she took it? The former merchant asked. My heart sank into my stomach. Oh, I think our little spy did whatever Gordonio wanted her to do. Dead Eyes smiled. All the better. Let the griffin cook herself. He turned to his guards. Best prepare the others. Red Eyes' forces are set to raid Shattered Hoof in the sunrise after tomorrow. We want to make sure they have no trouble getting in. It's time to meet the big man himself. My mind reeled. Dead Eyes was making deals with the slavers? He was going to let Red Eyes' forces come in and capture the ponies he was supposed to be protecting here. The treachery mirrored the betrayal of Gord's talons, but on a much larger scale. Dead Eyes strode behind his desk and clopped his hoofs down on it, forcing me to lift one of mine to avoid being touched. I could feel the sweat break out across my forehead as I balanced silently. Dead Eyes leaned forward to grab his copy of applied gemstones in his teeth. With a fright, I realised I was standing on it. I lifted my hind leg away with just barely enough time. Now my balance was much more strenuous. My whole body was achy from sleep deprivation. I searched frantically for a place to put one of my hooves before I fell. The door banged open. I toppled onto the floor with a thud as the pair of earth ponies burst in. Dead Eyes jumped back, startled, his book dropping to the floor. Sir, sorry to interrupt, but we've got an intruder. Dead Eyes stared at the two ponies. Little unicorn girl, bowed this high, he asked casually, raising his hoof. No, sir, this one's a Pegasus. With the moon. My pit buck alerted me that the invisibility spell was about to wear off. I didn't have a choice. I lurched my hooves and skirted around the ponies, barely slipping between them, then dashed out through the open door. I galloped to the meeting spot as fast as my weary legs could take me. Calamity was waiting for me, hidden under the mattress cover. No need for that now, they spotted you, get the ledger, let's go! We were airborne in moments. I could tell how tired Calamity was, we kept dipping in the air. I winced at the workout we were giving his mending wing. We get back to Gord and we sleep. No matter what else, we have to sleep. He hadn't complained, but I could tell his wing was killing him. I played another audio log. This time the mare was no longer whispering, but I could still barely hear her over a thundering racket. Damn it! They know I'm in here. I woke from my nightmare with such a start that I kicked over the garbage can and they heard it. They'll break down the door soon. I could hear one of the ponies on the other side of the bathroom door call out abysmally profane promises. I don't have to guess what they'll do to me anymore. They want me to know, but I'm not going to let them. Go figure. This crappy little gunner's going to save me after all. Use the handle to shatter the mirror. This is going to hurt, but if I do it quickly, it won't hurt for long. There was one audio log left. Junction R7 swam into view through the darkness. Exhausted, Calamity brought us for a slightly rough landing. Ponies pointed glowing magical energy weapons at us from all directions. Gord stepped forward. Welcome back. I was beginning to worry about you two. She looked us over. Got the ledger. I nodded shakily. Yes, but before you look at it, I want to look at it. 
and there's something you should know. Gord raised an eyebrow. Oh, she said, appraisingly. Deadeye's knows. He pretty much let me steal it. I also overheard him saying something about letting you cook yourself. Gord sat back, regarding me. Finally, I'm impressed. You didn't have to tell me that. Then, with a narrow look, So why did you? What's in it for you? I swayed on my hooves. There's more, but I'll only tell you that after you let my friends and I get some sleep. Here, under the safety of your protection. Gord's beak broke into a grin, the scar twisting it on one side. All right, you've got yourself a bargain. Pointedly. But while you sleep, I want that ledger. I nodded. What I want out of it won't take long. Gord guided us back to one of the cattle cars. As I stepped a hoof inside, I felt a rush of relief to see Velvet Remedy, curled on a bed of slightly mouldy hay. She was softly talking with another pony as she watched over a third whose hind leg was wrapped in what had to have been some of our precious remaining bandages. I wondered how many medical supplies we had left, if any. Velvet Remedy jumped up at our return, giving us a weak but bright smile. So, what did you two do? Take the scenic route? Uh, yep, something like that, Calamity responded. And what did I say about this wing? Velvet Remedy pushed Calamity towards a corner of the train car that had clearly become her impromptu clinic. Let me take a look at it and change those bandages. Shaking my head in a combination of adoration and despair, I followed behind her. I was too tired to even appreciate how nice of a tailside she had. Finding a bit of hay that looked filthy but soft, I curled down and levitated out the ledger. Flipping through, I found entries going back many years. The newest ones, I felt, were suspect. Whatever Deadeyes was up to, I rather expected he had doctored the ledger as part of it. But the older entries, faded as they were, couldn't have been altered without being obvious. At least not by an earth pony. I found myself wondering what a forgery cutie mark would look like. It was easy to find the entry I was looking for. Some of the farmers have begun to put up resistance, armed themselves from a merchant caravan that passed through last month. One of them took a few shots at the raider party I dispatched to the east side. Mr. Topaz doesn't care. He just wants the rocks to keep coming. So I think it's time we remind of these rock farmers just why they do as we say. Tomorrow, I'm sending some of the boys up to the bell farm to make an example. Told them to make it real graphic. So the rest of the ponies don't have any room to misinterpret. I slammed the book closed with more telekinetic force than I thought I had left in me. The ledger went flying across the cattle car, bouncing off the far wall. Now I didn't want to sleep. Now I wanted to march back in there, stuff little Macintosh down Deadeye's throat and open fire. Instead, I got up, fetched the ledger and walked out to have a talk with Gord. So, what now? Gord looked up from the ledger, gazing at me from across her desk. Now, now you go to sleep. Tomorrow, we chat over a bit of breakfast. Then you're free to go. By then, all the border patrols and outposts will know I've said you're free to pass. You did the job. A verbal contract is still a contract, and I don't renege. Gord frowned slightly. Too bad. We could really use a skilled medic here. I let that sink in. Still, not really what I was looking for. How about you? What about me? 
I pointed a hoof at the ledger. What do you do now? Gord huffed, then drew herself up. Mr. Topaz contracted me to protect Shattered Hoof and its ponies from threats. Ain't hard to argue that Dead Eyes has just become such a threat. She jabbed the ledger with a talon. I can't ignore this. I knew Dead Eyes was up to something shady, but this is beyond the pale. A little too on the nose, part of me thought. Almost like Dead Eyes' treachery was custom tailored to get under Gord's feathers. I told her as much. She laughed. A bitter but still humoured laugh. Think I don't see that? I could guess what she must be planning. And another question surfaced in my brain. What would you do with the place if you were in charge? She gave me a look. Shattered hoof, I mean. What would you do? Slowly, evenly, she intoned. I'm not in charge. I'm not going to be. Even with dead eyes gone, Mr. Topaz runs this joint, and I'm still contracted to him. Right, I thought as I nodded. But what if you weren't? Velvet Remedy approached me as I returned to the cattle car. I was so tired, but my heart still fluttered a little at her approach. So the griffin is letting us go? I nodded. Velvet Remedy looked surprised more than relieved. We get to spend the night. We need sleep. I would insist. Calamity's done more damage to his wing with all that flying around. He needs time to heal. I winced painfully. Velvet Remedy switched topics with what my sleep-deprived mind insisted was a jarring abruptness. Little Pip, I had the most interesting conversation while you and Calamity were out stealing. I sighed weakly. I wasn't really up for this. See that buck over there? She asked, pointing a hoof towards the dark shape that I assumed was a sleeping pony. His name is Preacher. I nodded, vaguely remembering something Gord said about a Preacher. He says he came here to spread the word of the goddess out from under the hoof of Red Eye. My ears perked. Velvet Remedy had my full attention. The word of the goddess? I asked. The way she spoke made it clear she wasn't talking about Celestia or Luna. Velvet Remedy nodded. He claims this goddess has been speaking to him in his dreams since he was a tiny cult. Her tone suggested her prognosis didn't involve the divine. I wasn't ready to dismiss it so quickly. Looking sternly to Velvet Remedy, I whispered back, He might be right. Her eyes widened in disbelief. Before she could open her muzzle to mock, I elaborated. Ever wonder how the slavers got ahead of our train like that? I've been wondering if there might have been some sort of telepathic magic involved somehow. I felt a sudden urge to travel to Ten Pony Tower and talk with DJ Pone 3. He seemed to have an incredibly good, if imperfect, network of informants or possibly some sort of magic or technology that was giving him the lay of the land. I wanted to trade information, found out what he knew. There was a puzzle here, and I was still several pieces short of seeing the full picture. If any pony had those pieces, it would be DJ Pone 3. Velvet Remedy seemed to be digesting my comment. Finally, she spoke again. Well, if that's true, it puts the rest of what Preacher said in a much more ominous light. She led me into the far corner of the cattle car, whispering, According to Preacher, the goddess chooses to speak to very few ponies. I found myself questioning that. Chooses? Or are there limitations to the so-called goddess's powers? And the pony Red-Eye is the one she speaks to the most. However, 
Preacher isn't so sure Red Eye is. Velvet Remedy paused, looking for words. Getting the message right. He seems to think that Red Eye's reception is being garbled. Clearly, Velvet Remedy was not satisfied with the analogy, but I got the idea. Either that, Velvet continued, or he's just not listening. Either way, Preacher is here to spread the true word of the goddess, away from Red Eye and his bands of slavers. I thought of the armed camp parked a few hours' trot from Shattered Roof territory. Preacher didn't go far enough. I hesitated to ask, And what is the true word? I really didn't want to ask Preacher directly. Sure, I'd get an answer that wasn't tainted by Velvet's own prejudices, but at the cost of being roped into sermon. I was too tired to even contemplate that tonight. To paraphrase, Praise me, worship me and I will lift you all up and all become one, unified under me. Velvet Remedy had clearly suffered through hours of this. I could understand why Gord had been wary of gaining another preacher. I nodded to Velvet. There's a pile of hay calling my name. We're going to have to talk to Gord again at breakfast tomorrow, but after that we're free to go. I wasn't so sure, however, that I wanted to leave just yet. I played the last audio log before I headed to bed. This time, the banging on the bathroom door was much louder, rhythmic. It sounded like the ponies outside were using a piece of furniture as a battering ram. I could hear structural cracking from the doorframe. The mare's voice was weak. She spoke in a disturbing sing-song. I hear you knocking, but you can't come in. I hear you, yeah, I hear you. Wow, I've just realised they've got all these diaries and the only ponies that will ever hear them. I mean, you fuckers. Fuck you all! Every last one of you! My... Oh, wow. Dizzy, what was I? You know, I kind of think red is my colour. Splish, splash, clop, clop. Hey, Silver Spoon, let's paint the town red. Or, you know, at least the bathroom. Oh, keep knocking, you bastards. Doesn't go with my cutie mark, though. That's okay, it's a stupid cutie mark anyway. Really? A crown of diamonds? The fuck's that supposed to mean? I mean, I get the diamonds. Celestia knows I respected enough of them. Sent the best ones below for years now. <laughs> There's something else you're never going to get. <laughs> Just like you're not going to get me. My, my name's Diamond Tiara. You fuckers didn't get me. I got... I got away. I mean, really though, a crown? What was that supposed to mean? <laughs> you can't get me. You can't... Get. You can't get me. Footnote. Level up. New perk. Silent gallop. You have mastered silent movement, allowing you to move quickly and still remain quiet. You can now sneak at full speed with no penalties. And now we're seeing how messed up Equestria really was during the war. Rock-breaking fun farms? Damn, Pinky really was insane. I mean, just from the little adventuring I did back when I was out saving the wasteland, we got to see all sorts of fucked up shit that the damn ponies during the war did. I pity them, to be honest. Oh, did you know? You can find me on Twitter, at NuclearYuki. Next up, 
is Step Around from the Wasteland Whalers. Enjoy, people! Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.